0: Well, welcome to another episode of Glorify and Grow. We're coming to you from Horizon Church in Bosque Farms, New Mexico, a, a small town that's full of people who have a love for Christ. Uh, once again, I'm Pastor Tom, and today's subject is the Book of Colossians. Uh, we've been doing a series. In fact, we're about to uh, finish up a 15-week episodes or 15-week series here. And uh, I just thought I wanted to kind of break this down into possibly 15 different episodes of maybe 15 or 20 minutes, just giving you some highlights from the sermon. Again, we always want to invite you to visit our website at horizonchurch.church, which will link you to the actual sermon messages and allow you to connect with our church in whichever way that God would move you to connect. So we just want to remind you that we always exist to glorify God by growing others in Christ Jesus. So as we kick off today, the the book of Colossians can be found in the New Testament of the Bible. It's right there in some of the earlier writings that, that Jesus did. You kind of get through the Gospels and Get through the book of Acts, Romans, Corinthians, and then get into those great books of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and once again, Colossians. You see, Colossians is a great book. The theme of the book, at least in my opinion, is really two things. It's the headship of Jesus Christ, and we'll be talking about that over the next couple of weeks. But I also see a very connected, maybe a, a shared message here. That it's about being a unity, being in unity with the body of Christ, the church, and how important it is to keep Christ the head of all things, not just say that he's first in everything in our life, but but literally if you took a pie and you split up everything in your life, your your retirement, your daily activities, your work, your marriage, your kids, your friendships, your your entertainment activities, that I think this book centers us that Christ needs to be the absolute center of that pie, that no matter which piece you're picking up, everything starts with him. And when we follow these rules, these guidelines, these adaptations that Paul gives us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we become unified as a body of believers, become a, a church family. The book of Colossians is just excellent with encouraging us in so many ways to stay there you know it's interesting this book was really written to a to a gentile audience i'm sure there were people of jewish descent i'm sure there were people that were connected to the law because paul addresses it here and he references it but here this this body was really more under attack from worldly things. And, and and maybe it's a little bit more evident in the way we live our life here on this earth, in the United States, in New Mexico, or whatever state you're listening from. You see, my challenge on a daily basis isn't having somebody with an old school Jewish belief laying down the law on me. But I experience it a little bit different. I, I experience other Christians kind of forcing us into traditions or or biases or habits that may be but may not be biblical. And this book really kind of addresses that we shouldn't be taken captive to those things that we should be aware and to be aware we need to know what we're to be aware of. You know Paul writes this book according to a lot of scholars uh, probably a little later probably in the 60s so we look at the timeline of of Christ walking on earth around thirty thirty three, He's crucified, died, buried, resurrected. The book of Acts takes off and and gets gone. In the 40s, we have the the book of James and the book of Galatians to really talking about how we walk and faith and works. And and, uh, the book of Galatians really kind of deals with that attack by the Judaizers, these people that believed that you had to be Jew first, then you could accept Christ. We know that that's, not true. We also know that the book of Colossians and the book of Ephesians are considered twins, that they're part of what we're calling and is known as the prison epistles. Paul, who suffered an awful lot for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, for his love of Jesus, was put into prison numerous times and he penned these letters from prison. In Ephesians, we see the term appear this term, in Christ, and that in Christ has really been kind of the main focus of my ministry, That to realize that it's not enough just to say a prayer, to to buy a ticket to the show, to to buy a Jesus ticket, and then be able to pull it out kind of as a get-you-out-of-jail-free card. But those of us who are assured in our salvation, that assurance comes from being in Christ, knowing Him, being known by Him, and having others know who we are because of who we've become in Christ, that, that Christ penetrates and moves inside of us, that these principles and these mandates that we hear in His New Testament become part of how we do things. I'm reminded of the book of Revelations, when He's talking about these, these churches and He's He's saying to the one church, That it's not a matter of being lukewarm. You you can't be partially in. You got to go in all for it. A great example is baptism. It's not enough just to stick your foot in and say you did it. The symbolic ritual, the symbolic sacrament of baptism is about being fully immersed, fully washed in Jesus and kind of opening our mouth, our eyes, our heart, our soul, and our minds to him, that it becomes us. This headship of Jesus Christ, as I mentioned earlier, is really about having him involved in everything. I I find in my own life, and maybe you find in yours, that it's easy for us as Christians to say, yeah, God's number one. I mean, man, I'd get that tattooed on my arm, God's number one. But the challenge really is, is he? You see, here it's saying that we don't make Sunday Christians. There's nothing that we ever want to do or say, write down or, or preach that makes you think that just going to church to kind of get that yay God, that thumbs up, is enough. It's not enough. We need to become like him. Genesis tells us that we were made in God's image, and that's exactly what we should be. When people see us, they should see him. we understand that we're sinners. We understand that we're still fighting battles, that there's still sin in our life. But what a joy to know that when God looks at us, he he looks at us through these Jesus glasses. He he looks at us and he sees us holy. He sees us as his. He sees us adopted and as part of this body, this, this body of the church. And I think as we go through this lesson. We're going to see more of that. We're going to be confronted with this battle that goes in our head. The the one that starts is, is this really truth? I mean, is this something that's really true or is this somebody's opinion? The truth is we kind of live in a gray area today. If we see truth on one end of the spectrum and, and total lie on the other, I think we can also emulate that and say, we can see Jesus as the complete end over here, and Satan as the complete end over here on our other side, and that there's this gray area in between where we're always trying to do battle every single day, moving closer to Jesus and resisting that that pull of Satan trying to pull us back in to, to make us less than. When Jesus cries out, I want you to be more than. Jesus needs to be involved in our our marriages, our our dating relationships, our kids, our workplace, our very thought problems, our our times alone. Jesus wants to be with us and part of us 24-7, 365, not just an hour a week or two hours with drive time to get you to that that church so you can be part of the believers and then listen a little bit and clap your hands for the pastor and then leave. We want you to come to church to be changed, not to be entertained. We love the analogy at our church. And, and the way I saw it on on YouTube videos was kind of this, are you going to church to be a part of a cruise ship or a battleship. I mean, are you going to be entertained? Are you there complaining about the, the food and the carpet and the, the the entertainment? Or are you coming to be part of a battleship to be empowered to do battle against the evil of this world? To be part of a, a group of people that are fully trained to do their part? I kind of read an article after I made the extension of that analogy. And it was that maybe one of the things that I feel is very evident in all our Christian lives is to be more of an aircraft carrier, that we can still do battle, but we can do it battle by sending others out. That it's not a matter of even moving and becoming a church that that just operates together, but, but centers inward, that we have to move that out. We all need to become bigger and bigger aircraft carriers loaded with gospel planes that we can send out to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. That we can be part of a church that multiplies and grows. You know, it's interesting at, at our church, we, we don't have any desire to pack 500 people or 2,000 people or 10,000 people into a building to worship and to listen to our teaching but yet our model says that someday if God leads us to a, a church of, of of five or a thousand it will probably be in five different locations that will be multiplying out that will be a planting church it will be a ascending church it will be a church that comes together as a United group this spider web of churches that are all autonomous, all self-operating, all have a pastor and a preacher to care for you and teach you and encourage you and rebuke you. But that we come together as one church to do battle, to be part of something bigger than we could ever imagine. You know, as I close this session this morning, because it's only meant to be a, a quick learning education for you that you can go back to and back to and and kind of see that this, this introduction and mission of Colossians really comes down to me to exactly how I started this. It's about the headship of Jesus, that Jesus needs to be that center of everything that we do, that we can't play soccer, watch a football game, drink a cup of coffee, take a walk, without it being about Jesus in everything of our life. So today, as we close, I remind you that we exist to glorify God by growing others in Christ. Paul says in the beginning of this book that it's to this end that I strenuously strive, that I, I put all my effort into, I put all my angst into this mission is to grow others. Now that's not just my mission as a pastor, that's your mission. So I encourage you to follow us or get connected with good, solid Bible teaching that's going to grow you so that you can grow others. One of the favorite parts about my church is early Sunday mornings when we gather together at a group that we call the Disciple Makers. It's a group of people that understand that it's not about being a Sunday Christian. It's about making a difference, being part of this aircraft carrier, this battleship, to do the training, to arm ourselves with his scripture, our testimony, and to make sure that Jesus is the head of all things. So as we close this morning, I pray this. Dear Father, may each person that gets affected by this podcast that you helped us create. May you be glorified in all that we do. And may you equip us and empower us. and Just give us the strength and the courage to grow others, to fight the good fight, to stay the course, to, to walk it with perseverance so that we know that we are yours. We're known by you. We're known by others as yours, and we glorify you. It's in your name we pray, amen.